Welcome to Your Excellent You, a self-development podcast for entrepreneurs. I'm Danielle, and I believe that success is achieved from the inside out. I'm a certified life coach with over a decade of experience running a profitable online business. Here's what I know for sure. Being an entrepreneur is a crash course in self-development. So I'm taking everything I've learned throughout my business building journey and sharing it with you. If you want practical, actionable insights to improve your mindset and grow your business, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started on today's episode. Life coaching is a bit of a controversial industry. There are a lot of people who think it's filled with charlatans who sell snake oil. There are also a lot of people who have had life-changing transformations after working with a life coach. Today, I'm going to share my honest reflections on working with life coaches from the perspective of somebody who is both a seller and a consumer within the industry. There are three specific concerns I have with this business, and I'll share those with you in this episode. Plus, I'll share my number one tip to make sure that your experience working with a coach is a powerful, transformative experience. I'm going to jump right in and address the number one concern I hear people say when they talk about life coaches. This is what most people tell me. They say, it seems like anyone who has ever solved a problem in their life calls himself a life coach and tries to sell their services to the rest of us. It's true. Coaching is an unregulated industry. It's really trendy to be a life coach right now. And with a low barrier of entry, lots of people are hopping on the coaching bandwagon. Does this mean the entire industry is just junk? Not at all. Every industry has some people who are phenomenal at what they do and others who are full of hot air. Working with the right coach can create an amazing transformation in your business and life. But as always, it's up to us as the consumers to do our own research before we spend our hard-earned money hiring a coach to work with us. Not long ago in episode 11, I covered the four questions to ask before investing your money in a program or a coach. And if you're thinking about this type of investment, I suggest listening to that episode. The truth is not all coaches are equal or competent, but that leads us to the next logical question. What about certification? Should we only work with certified coaches? I hear this a lot, and if someone posts inside of a Facebook group asking what to look for in a coach, it's inevitable that the topic of certification will come up. As a certified coach myself, here's my opinion. Some of the best coaches I know are not certified, and some of the worst coaches I know are certified. This tells me that working with a coach based on certification alone isn't a primary factor in success. Finding the right coach is much more important than finding a certified coach. Right now, as I say this, there are some certified coaches who are not happy with my stance. I get it. If you tell a certified coach that their training is not necessary, they're going to get defensive. I'm here to share my honest opinion and the fact that certification is nice but not necessary is one of them which naturally leads us to the next question. If certification is not a deciding factor when selecting a coach, how should we choose a coach? This is really simple. The right coach is one who has a proven track record of helping their clients get the results that you're looking for. Look for a coach who aligns with your value system, has a process that guides you to your desired outcome, and has experience in helping other people overcome the exact same struggle. Once you have done your research or gotten a recommendation, hop on a call to see if you and the coach have a natural connection. 
Coaching is a personal relationship between two people, and it doesn't matter how great someone looks on paper, there has to be that spark of connection for the magic of the transformation to happen. You may be asking yourself if what I've said is true and that certification doesn't directly correlate to being an impactful coach, why would anyone go through the trouble and spend the money to become certified? I can share with you the reason that most of my coaching peers have decided to become certified, and it's the same reason that I did. I chose certification because I want to be the best possible coach that I can be. I want to step into my potential, and I saw certification as a way of diversifying my skills and expanding my expertise. It was the right choice for me. Which brings us to another question. Is one certification program better than another? Again, the answer is not necessarily. Coaches choose a program that aligns with their values and it's a personal choice. I chose to become certified through the Life Coach School because I like the tools and methods that they teach. This was the right decision for me, but I acknowledge that it's not the right program for everyone. This doesn't make my experience better or worse. It just makes it the right one for me. I support and encourage all of us to make decisions from the lens of what is right for me in this decision. And that can be a real challenge sometimes. Nothing highlights this more than the marketing practices within the coaching industry. One of my frustrations as a consumer of life coaching is that we have to learn how to sidestep those ambitious coaches who use manipulative marketing tactics. They're manipulative because they're designed to disconnect us from our innate wisdom and discernment about what is right for us and instead ping our fears so that we make a decision from a place of fear and desperation. I can't tell you how many times I've scheduled a consultation call only to find myself at the receiving end of a high pressure sales pitch. It only takes one of those experiences to make us reject scheduling a call with anyone ever again. These days, I have a specific process that I use when I find myself in the crosshairs of an overly aggressive coach. I'll share that with you at the end when I talk about my number one insight. Moving along in my assessment, there's a common misconception about life coaching that I would like to clear up. It is this. Life coaching has become synonymous with the quote unquote positive thinking movement. This is another one of my personal frustrations There are so many celebrity life coaches who focus on the think positive part of coaching and fail to genuinely teach people how to uncover what's really going on inside of them. And they certainly don't teach them how to transform it from a limitation to an empowerment. The ideas and strategies that they offer is to use willpower to maintain positive thoughts. And if we do that, our life will change. Let me go ahead and set the record straight. That is not how life coaching works. The think good thoughts and take action type of life coaching has become known as toxic positivity. Toxic positivity has us focusing on the feel good thoughts while stuffing down or ignoring difficult and challenging emotions. It provides temporary relief from those hard emotions, but it doesn't provide a tangible way to access what is creating them and then overcome that. It's simply taking an in-the-moment strategy and applying it in an unhealthy way in an attempt to get long-term results. Life coaching is not about get results at all costs. It is about get results that matter. In all fairness, I will say that for many people, this type of positive thinking is exactly what they need to get them started in changing their life for the better. 
An intentional shift in perspective can be easy to implement and it helps build the habit of exploring a new, more inspiring point of view. Positive thoughts are important and they have their place, but artificially inflating positive emotions is not a viable strategy to create the life you want. A good coach will help you know when to use positive thinking strategically and will teach you how to navigate the natural ups and downs that are a part of life. A balanced life includes being emotionally balanced. We can't avoid tough moments, but we can avoid the unnecessary suffering that comes when we try to push away our negative emotions. This leads me to the third assessment that I'm going to make today, and it's a common belief that a lot of people have when it comes to life coaching and self-development, and it is this. You don't need to spend money on a coach because you can find everything you need online to be your own coach. Again, this is true. We can find guidance to any problem online. In fact, sometimes we don't even need external guidance. We've all coached ourselves in one way or another to overcome some pretty tough circumstances. And in those experiences, something inside of us adjusted so that we can have the fortitude and the determination to move past whatever that challenging situation was in our life. In that moment, we experience the powerful transformation of being a coach for ourselves. So the truth is, regardless of what struggle we are having in our life, we are one Google search away from hundreds of blogs, videos, podcasts, and books that address our very specific problem. We really are blessed to have a world of knowledge at our fingertips. Many powerful transformations happen from consuming this type of content. It's a beautiful and amazing process. Here's the thing. Sometimes we are so caught up in the struggle and strife of our circumstances that we lose our ability to think clearly, which means that even if we have access to a ton of expert advice on how to overcome the problem, the information overload can be overwhelming. We might spend a lot of time learning and consuming information, but between the struggle and strife of our situation and all the information available to us, we may not actually end up making any progress towards solving our problem. And honestly, this is when it's time to consider working with someone because a good life coach can step you out of that emotional spin cycle. A coach will guide us towards clarity on how to find the right solution to our particular problem. The best coaches teach us how to do this for ourselves. And I have no doubt that everyone listening to this podcast could figure out how to do this process on their own in time. The beauty of working with a coach is that they compress the timeline so you get to that end result quicker and easier. The right client with the right coach makes an unstoppable force. I often get asked by people for advice on what to look for in a life coach. And I tell them, For any coach that you're considering working with, you have to get on a call with them. And I'd like your very first question to be, who is your life coach? The person they're talking to should be able to answer that question quickly and specifically. This may catch them off guard because not a lot of people ask that, but they should be able to provide an instantaneous answer. Here's my honest, unapologetic opinion. A coach who is not willing to invest in their own coaching seems highly suspect to me. Even the most skilled life coach has an area of their life where they struggle. And if they value coaching for their clients, then they value it for themselves. In fact, I don't know a single successful life coach who doesn't work with at least one other coach. 
for me, and as of this recording, I currently work with four coaches. Plus, there's a fifth one who I really want to work with, and I'm just waiting for the right opportunity to get in with her. I am very intentional about hiring coaches with specific expertise to help me with specific problems. Some are for my personal life and some are for my business life. I work with them for the exact reason that I mentioned earlier. They help me expedite my desired results. Four coaches with a fifth on the way sounds kind of crazy, but what can I say? I am a coach who believes in coaching. There is no doubt about that. Now, as I wrap up this episode, I want to share my biggest tip to make sure that your experience working with a coach is a powerful, impactful, transformative one. My tip is this, find the right coach to work with. Take the time to talk to several coaches who have experience helping clients with the specific problem that you want to solve. In this way, finding a coach is a lot like dating. You will need to explore and keep exploring until you find your person. I know that this is a lot of work. It takes a lot from you to do this search, but it is well worth every bit of your time and effort. And when you think you've found your soulmate coach, you have to hop on a call and have a conversation with them. I mentioned this at the beginning of the episode. Most of us, we want to avoid a discovery call because we expect they're going to pitch us at the end of the call. More specifically, it makes us uncomfortable if the person on the phone doesn't know how to take no for an answer. I've been on those calls and they always remind me of the Saturday Night Live skit from the 90s, the what is love skit. In those skits, Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell would dress up like they were hanging out at a nightclub wearing these shiny suits and shaking their head to the music. They would stand there and wait for a pretty girl to come close. And when a woman would get close enough, they would attempt to dance with her by bouncing her back and forth between their bodies. This obviously made the girl very uncomfortable and it caused her to spill her drink all over herself. And she always would just escape as fast as she possibly could. Discovery calls that turn into aggressive sales pitches, they always leave me feeling like that woman in the skits. I'm going to share with you how I handle those calls, but before I do that, I really want to point out that not every discovery call turns out that way. I've had consult calls with many coaches who were lovely and gracious and offered their services in a way that felt like they were offering me a plate of hors d'oeuvres at a dinner party. They would simply ask, would you like this? And then they would give me the space to decide if I wanted what they had to offer. When I think about how I want to run my business, I firmly believe that a discovery call should be exactly that. A chance for two people to discover if working together is the right choice for both of us. I personally do not bring up my packages and offerings on that call. This allows me to be fully present in the discovery process and not thinking about myself at all. I believe that working together has to be a heck yes for both of us, because if it's not, then it's a heck no. And yes, I do turn away clients if they're not the right person for me as a coach. But not every coach has my values, and there's almost no way of knowing what the experience will be like before you sign up for that call. So for many of us, it's just a lot easier to not sign up at all. If you're not signing up for discovery calls with coaches that you're interested in working with because the hard sell is uncomfortable for you, then let me share how I handle those situations. Here's what I do. At the onset of the call, I address the elephant in the room. 
I start off by directly telling them, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. I have a lot of questions for you. Also, full disclosure, I would like you to know that I'm here to learn more about you and what you do, but I will not be making any decisions today about working with you. That's it. Short, sweet, and to the point. This is an opportunity to see how they respond to my direct statement. Some will be respectful and acknowledge what I've said. They may still tell me about their services and ask if I'm interested. Others will forget that I ever said anything and will still try to hard sell me at the end. The really aggressive ones will try to change my mind around this quote unquote limiting belief. Regardless of how they pitch themselves, I always respond with, thank you, but I'm not making any decisions today. I will get back to you on such and such date to let you know what I've decided and I'll reach out in the meantime if I have any questions. Their response always reveals how attentive they are to honoring my values. If this tactic resonates with you, I invite you to adopt it for yourself. There you have it, my friends. That's my honest assessment about what's right and wrong in the coaching industry. Plus, my best tip to help you make the most out of your experience working with a coach. I'll be back next week with more practical insights on how you can grow your business by reaching your potential and becoming the next best version of yourself. Bye for now. Thanks for being here today. If you found this podcast valuable, please take a moment to leave a review. Not only does it help me, but it allows other entrepreneurs like you to find this podcast. I'll be back next week with more practical, actionable insights to help you improve your mindset and grow your business. Talk to you soon.